Welcome to the Silicon Valley Beat, a police podcast about law enforcement life in the heart of Silicon Valley. We've already said where we're from. Sharing stories, interviewing guests, answering questions, and pulling the curtain back one show at a time. Okay, okay, let's get on with it. Now, to 911, what is the address of the emergency? Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Silicon Valley Beat. I'm Katie Nelson, and I'm here with Lieutenant Saul Jager. And we didn't even fight over who's going to start it today. We didn't. I just was like, I'm taking the lead, my friend. I love it. That's awesome. Well, today's going to be a good one. Yeah, because guess what? It's just us, and I know everybody's going to start freaking out about that, but um, I'm actually super stoked about this particular podcast. I've been talking about it all week. (laughs) And without a guest, we were still late because of me. Sorry. That's you and your protein shake, man. (laughs) But actually, today um, we're going to be talking a little bit kind of off the beaten path of what we've traditionally been following with the podcast, which is interviewing guests, getting to know kind of behind the scenes of, whoops, that was my watch, sorry, the uh, the police department. Um, but today we're going to be talking about what we see on TV and in the movies, what they get wrong, what they get mm. right. So should we call this one the Mythbusters episode? Oh, yes, the Mythbusters. Oh, mm. man, let's do it. Okay. Um, Sorry, guys. I know you're local, <laughs> but we're going to use it anyway. <laughs> you know what? I'm sure it isn't like copying the greatest form of flattery. Yes. There you yeah. go. So um, why don't we start a little bit with kind of some quick hit trivia you know a lot of times when you see these shows um you wonder did they even talk to anybody before they actually like wrote that script or even you know looked into kind of filming stuff about law enforcement and so question Saul a little bit of trivia here have we ever been consulted for creative purposes for books movies tv whatever Yes. (gasps) Yes. <gasps> we famous. <laughs> uh, in fact, you were with me uh, recently. Um, it's yeah. so much fun. <laughs> it's, it's actually, it's pretty cool when um, people are, so formally, yes, we've been reached out to and actually had, um, I've spoken with several people that have written books and things, and they're looking for accuracy on how things actually work. Um, everything from uh, how drug dealers work to how gangs work to how um, small town police departments do investigations and uh, coordinate with larger agencies to how larger agencies do investigations and how they feel about small town agencies and uh, warrior culture, um, that kind of thing, guardian culture, uh, people in the military moving into, you know, transitioning into law enforcement. There's been a lot. That's so cool. And it's it's neat. It's neat to know that because I don't watch police movies and police shows, and I'm not alone in this industry. Because <laughs> Whereas I watch them all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard to not just shake your head. Don't you enjoy, like, raging at the TV, though, and being no. like, that's not right? <laughs> I don't have I time do. for that. I don't <laughs> that's a great Thursday night energy. for me. <laughs> yeah, no way. No but that way. it's, like, super cool at the Mountain View Police Department. You know, we've been acknowledged. I've actually, like looked it up and you know people have come to us for help and understanding what it is that law enforcement does and how that can be applicable to their for their creative purposes and um yeah you're a you're a great conduit for that so yeah there's actually been a movie filmed here in mountain view um where they used oh i remember yeah yes yes it's called raising cane yes and it was filmed at our city hall uh with that being the police department. And if you look in our city, if here's a 
useless trivia fact. <laughs> if you go to our city hall, there's a really cool set of uh, the way it was built um, indoors. There's this like awesome uh, uh, multi-floor staircase. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful with um, with natural light that comes through. But that was used as our police department. It was it was very cool. Fancy schmancy. Yeah, we even have a. Uh, a conference room named after that. Well, you know, what's even cooler just to like, this is like trivia on trivia here. Wow. We used to operate out of City Hall back in like the 1920s and 30s before we ever got our new building. So was it really so wrong to have the police department in City Hall or was it like a throwback (laughs) to a throwback? Well, here's a a myth, right? (laughs) All police departments are separate departments and things. No, actually a lot of them still operate out of a City Hall. Yeah. Um, it's, it's cheaper that way. And they're even the local holding jail and the holding facilities and things are actually in city hall. But, but I challenge listeners to go find, there's a plaque on Castro street that says this was the location of our old city hall. And that's where the police department used to be. That is super awesome. Long time ago. So I love it. Yeah. So now that we've kind of talked a little bit about how super cool we are with, uh, being, uh, used for creative purposes to help guide people to better understand law enforcement when they showcase them in any kind of, you know, uh, entertainment purpose. Let's talk a little bit about entertainment themselves and, Mm. or itself, not themselves, uh, and how Hollywood has portrayed law enforcement and what they've gotten right and what they've gotten wrong. So why don't we kind of, uh, go behind the scenes a little bit there with all that we do and all that, uh, Maybe they don't do right. So I we asked a poll on Nextdoor actually of like, what are some things that you've – the most absurd thing that you've seen on television portrayed? And like now the collective mind out there is like, well, that's how it's done because I saw it on you know CSI <laughs> or Criminal Minds or whatever. Yep. And the top choice by far and away was can DNA be tested in an hour? Yeah. Um, that's get, not the answer though. No, 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 no. <laughs> we, uh, we get a lot – um, there's a lot of that that happens. Yeah. Um, I, before I get, so no, right. No, um, it Hard can be, no. it can be tested quickly. Um, and quickly the definition of that depends. I'm going to be a lawyer here. It depends, right? Your mom would be so proud of you. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> so like cases that are high priority can be stepped up, right? So a homicide, um, a missing child, child abduction, um, kidnapping, those kind of things. Um, can be given priority to a crime lab that will do DNA testing um, at different levels. Um, but it's not going to happen in an hour, right? We got to collect it correctly. We have to document it correctly. We got to get it to the lab. And then what makes that case more important than any other case that's happening, if, especially right. in a regional lab, right? So right. even in the heart of Silicon Valley, the tech mecca of the world, we use a regional crime lab. And so something here would go there, uh, if it's a lower priority case for them, maybe the victim's safe uh, and the suspect's in custody already, and we just need to prove up the case with DNA, it, it's not going to be a day turnaround. Um, so the second thing that people wanted to know about in this poll uh, was, does the good cop, bad cop routine actually work? <laughs> I'm giving away all the secrets. <laughs> I actually have another story about CSI kind of stuff. If oh, you well, I have it. another one too. Okay, so, so we'll, we'll get we'll get to the good cop, bad cop. Thing. Okay. I remember early on uh, when I was a, a patrol cop out here in Mountain View, and uh, there was <laughs> I rode my horse to <laughs> no the um there was a report of several windows broken in a bunch of cars, like succession of cars down the street, and um 
it was pretty clear that this was done by a BB gun or a pellet gun or something like that. Somebody okay. was, you know, driving down the street or walking down the street or something in the middle of the How night. Rude. People wake up, they find their cars, right? And so they start reporting it. And then we, I get out there, uh, another officer or a community service officer, I think. And we start walking down the block and there's multiple cars, same kind of thing, whatever. And um, one of them, the window didn't break. So there was actually a small hole, right? And you could see the where the hole was. And then we contact the owner and I look in the car and I actually find the little BB, like sitting on the, a couple of them sitting on the ground. And um, the person uh, asked me if we were going to bring CSI out so we could <laughs> figure out the, uh, the angle, the trajectory of the they said bullet, but it would be of the BB uh, to figure out like the height and maybe the distance from the car, the height of the suspect um, and the distance they were from the car and line it all up with the lasers because they've seen it on TV. Oh, my God. Please tell me you had sunglasses on and you David Caruso and you turned around and you made some pun. Please. Uh, no, I, I actually I think at the time I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> this is early on. But I'm like, what is CSI? Well, CSI. Speaking of CSI and another absurd thing that I've noticed is how often they used flashlights during the middle of the friggin' day. It was yeah. like, guys, like, true fact here, Yeah, we do not use flashlights in the middle of the day when there's perfectly good sunlight out there that will yeah. filter into a room so to allow us to see things. Here's another myth, right? So why do day shift officers carry flashlights? So that's actually a good thing. Well, we start at O-Dark 30. We do start shift. early, but there are places we go to that are dark. That's right? true. So, like, we'll go into an, a, a... Like uh, bushes. Or a, an alarm call in the middle of the day and it's a big empty building, it may be dark, right? Um, when we're searching a car and we're up in the innards of the you know dashboards or something like that or opening things, we may want to look a little closer with the flashlight. So there's a use, but when it's, I mean, you know, you use what house. you use, right? <laughs> and you've got if you windows. can see, yeah, it's cool. And the, the other thing is too, like that, that always catches me when I happen to come across a, one of those kind of movies too, is that... If a police officer or a group of them are searching for a suspect or chasing after somebody and we go into a obligatory warehouse, right, where we're chasing somebody down and it's dark, the first thing we do is turn on the lights. What? Yeah. Novel concept So, there. you know, th there's on, there's different schools of thoughts with that from, the, <laughs> from tactics and things, but even our SWAT operators and things will tell you, just turn the light on, dude. Like, you, you know, it's, it's better for, for that, <laughs> right? So, but you know, you never know, right? Sometimes the well, power Well, it does out. add dramatic flair. So, right. um, and there's I no, there's no fog machines. <laughs> like when we Look, go- Look, if we had fogs, <laughs> fog and like wind whipped hair every time we slow walk towards a crime We do scene. slow walk. Oh, that we is, totally That do. is a true thing. All we learned that <laughs> early on, yeah. We, we generally tend to walk in a line towards like the perspective of the camera and we slowly kind of have like the flying v formation yeah. that we totally rock you yeah. know i yeah. mean that was a mighty ducks thing but we can totally yeah. do it now that's true <laughs> yeah brooklyn 99's got that front oh that when God. they open like that i love that show that's we so practice much. that we practice that god bless andy samberg and all those creators <laughs> for that show like it's my ringtone on my phone and i'm not nice. even joking <laughs> so what was i'm sorry i totally went so the other way the, what was the original question the original question <laughs> was the good guy or good cop bad cop routine ah. does it actually work um, again, it depends, right? Um, sometimes we don't have the bandwidth to have two people interview one suspect. Is it a good um, idea even sometimes? Like, is that like whiplash for like getting the, you know, the thought process in there and getting people yeah. to really kind of open up? It could be, right? It, it all kind of depends on the case. Um, not, here's another myth. Not every single case that we, uh, investigate is case of the century kind of thing where we're hardcore interviewing somebody, um, 
And sometimes those petty cases that we have turn into hardcore investigations that right. it rolls into something else. So that can happen. But um, the good cop, bad cop routine, uh, you know, it's it is and it isn't. I mean, <laughs> um, it's not like a technique that we learn Um Similar to to uh, negotiations, like if we're doing a, a hostage negotiation or some sort of person in crisis and we're trying to work with them, sometimes people just get along better with other people. Oh, sure. So rapport building and, you know, connecting with somebody is actually way more powerful than scaring them into something or making them feel like they're disappointing the angry officer and then they're buddy-buddy with the, the other officer. Now, does it work? It depends on the person that we're questioning. Yeah. So it could and it couldn't. Um, in so you re- have to be adaptable is what you're saying, depending on yeah. the situation. Yeah. And I mean, and here's the other thing. It's hard to like for me, I, I, I'm not the bad cop. I can't be. That's just not my style. It would just not be authentic. It wouldn't come off. A good crook is going to see right through that. It's going to come off fake. Right. Um, so, you know, it it kind of depends. Now, partners develop relationships often, right? So if you and I work together long enough, and then you and I begin to question somebody, we're going to begin to use little techniques that unsaid things that right, we do we together. Yeah, either body language or things. And it's, um, it may come off like good cop, bad cop, but it's not right. It, or it could be, I don't know. You just so, let me go for hours and hours without eating. And you'll be like, okay, well, we know where you stand on this. And you're like, let me come in and take this one. <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, I guess the the answer is it depends, right? It, it's not a tactic. We're not like, okay, now we're going to use playbook number two and that's good cop, bad cop. And uh, this is the way we're, it's, it, that's not, that's not how it works. Now there are, there are tactics to an interview sometimes that like we're trying to get uh, to a certain point, um, uh, or we're trying to prove a certain thing or yeah. whatever in questioning. And it depends on the level of questioning, whether the person's in custody or not in custody, or if they're arrested or not arrested or all these different kind of things. But, you know, the reality of it is it, it all kind of depends. Are we shooting for a confession? Do we need it? Sometimes we don't even need a statement, quite honestly. Um, you know, and then other times people want a lawyer and we, we can't talk to them anyway. Right, exactly. And that's, I think, speaking of that, like, I think a lot of times, um, you know, you have this perception of what you've seen, like maybe even in law and order where they just, you know, it's like, it's solved right then and there. Mm. And, um, that person's like, I don't want, you know, I need a lawyer. I don't want to talk. And they still have everything available to them. And it's like, that's not how these things work. Like if somebody lawyers up, that's it. You don't get to ask them questions anymore, right. no matter how much you want to. Right. And so when we get questions from the public about like, well, why didn't you just, you know, ask them? And it's like, well, as soon as they invoke, that's yeah. it. So I, <laughs> I encourage everybody to look up Miranda. Yes. Just look up uh, what is Miranda? What does it mean? Um, because there's certain times that we don't need to Mirandize somebody. And that's the whole like you have the right to remain silent speech. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's Learn times when we don't order. and there's times that we do and there's times we may use it when we don't have to. Um, for certain reasons. So do your homework. Yeah. <laughs> Take a look at Miranda. Homework. What? what? Take a look at Miranda. And, um, you know, if you have questions, you can ask. And, you know, most police officers would be happy to, to answer that for you. And, you know, sometimes the shows, as soon as they throw the handcuffs on, they start reading them the rights because it's very dramatic, right? Um, a Every lot of t- Law & Order episode ever. That's yeah. how I learned Miranda. So a, a lot show. of times, you know, sometimes, not you know, a lot, sometimes, whatever, uh, we'll arrest somebody and not even question them. Because we don't need to, right? 
Um, other times we won't arrest them and we'll still question them. And so look it up and, and see and you'll, you'll understand it a little bit more. with that. Or if you don't, ask us because sure. we're happy to explain and we're happy to go into detail. And that's why we're here, right? Like to Bam. engage and have conversations. Yep. Um, one other thing that people really talked about was uh, or voted on was how quickly can crimes be solved? Oh, and like it's 45 like minutes. Commercial breaks, baby. <laughs> I'm all about those. But like in all seriousness, you know, especially with some of these cases that we've had over the last year with like auto burglary crews and mm. things like that where people are like, why did it take so long? Yeah. And it's like, well, we can't go into details per se about the investigative process because that's pertinent to what these guys are working on right now. But let's be real. These things take time. And being able to have people not just hear that but understand it yep. – um, let me tell you, Hollywood's not doing us any favors because you've got either a two-hour movie or a 30 to 60-minute show with commercial yeah. breaks. And really that whittles down to either 22 or 45 minutes. And well, I think so, so two things. Simply, if there was a TV show that was actually police work every day. People would be exhausted. It would be so boring. Right. <laughs> it would not do well. Like um, even live PD and cops, it's, those yeah. are snippets, right? Yeah. They do. Th- that's pretty real, right? But it's still very um, – Edited. Even live PD is edited. It's mm-hmm. if people don't know, it's it's run with a buffer so they can take things out if they need to. Um, cool concept, though. I think it's really right? neat. Oh um, yeah. But you know, the reality of it is there's there's privacy issues and there's things that happen that they need to be aware of. Um, but even that, yeah, they'll ride. The crew will ride with a police department for a certain length of time, and it's not like two hours. It's a week or so, or two weeks, or a month. You yeah. know, to get enough footage to be able to have a show like that. Um, but neat concept, right? It's really pulling the curtain back. That's that's very cool stuff. Yeah. And um, a, a real ride along uh, here in Mountain View, if you were to, you know, yeah. depends on what day of the week you went on, what, you know, totally yep. days are very unique. You may see something more on like a Wednesday night, for example, than you would on a Saturday evening. Yep. How weird is that? Yeah. So it, uh, another encouragement, right, before I get into the second piece of that other one was, you know, come on a ride along, right? Oh, if you're curious, Mountain it, View, you can it's sign so up. Fun. Yeah, come out, check it out, ask the ask the officer questions. Um, you know, we'll give you a, a, a good, it'll give you a really good perspective of kind of what's going on. Well, so. I, and to add to that, when I was a reporter and I would go on ride alongs in every jurisdiction that I covered, if Smart. it was county and I went on one right along out in one county. It was so boring that we actually ended it early because even the officer was like, man, there's nothing going on. I don't want to waste your time. And I felt so bad because I'm sitting there learning from them, right? My first ride along ever, there was a robbery. Like we were, you know, booking it to this place and sirens everywhere. And it was just like, oh, but that's not going to happen every time. So absolutely Go on multiple just so you can get, you know, a breadth of understanding of what it's like, yep. especially for So the, the second part I wanted, before I forget, because it's going to like go out of my old head here in a minute, um, is that, you know, people's rights are the most important thing for police officers to deal with, right? Absolutely. And work around and work with. We don't want to violate anybody's rights. And so that is sometimes the reason why investigations take longer than it would seem to take, right? Or... Um, even questioning or closing cases, making arrests on, on burglary crews and things. Mm-hmm. We really have to be very sure of who this person is, who, what are the relationships between things um, before we just go and slap handcuffs on somebody. So it's a really, it's, it's these investigations like to use the burglary crew thing, the auto burglary, mm-hmm. the auto break-ins, um, you know, regardless of how sophisticated the crew might be, um, 
a um, blurry photo, surveillance photo or blurry oh, video. Yes. You know, if we can't definitively say who that person is, it's them. really hard. And I, right. I give people the example of like, um, you see somebody run a stop sign and you take a quick picture with your, with your cell phone. Um, what we know from that picture is somebody driving that car, even if we get the license plate, unless we can identify who the driver was, we can't just go after who the registered owner is. Oh, that's such a good and it's, example. It's really hard to do that, right? We get those all the time. Yeah, and it's frustrating. I, when I was in traffic, yeah. we used to get that constantly. I'd get a really good crystal clear picture of the vehicle and the license plate so I know who the registered owner is, but that's not enough for me to go after the registered owner. Like what if you your child is driving that car? Right. Right. Or it's been borrowed by a friend. Right. And so yeah. then there's a lot of questions about, well, the, it's the responsibility of the registered owner. And some things are and some things aren't. What if it's a, you know, an employee <laughs> driving like, a, you know, so right. the, the bottom line is in, in the United States, it we don't want to violate people's rights. So it's very important that that be the paramount, that be the thing that we're looking for all the time, mm-hmm. whether that be a homicide we don't want to violate anybody's rights in a homicide, suspects, witnesses, anybody, um, all the way down to a very petty crime, you know, like a taillight being out on a car or something mm-hmm. like that. We don't want to violate people's rights. Um, and that's something that we hold very dear. Uh, and that's that's a big reason why these things can take, you know, time. Sure. Absolutely. So. And so with all the things that they maybe don't get so correct all the time or that it's dramatized dramatic mm. what is might i say that right i think so i was an english major whatever <laughs> um what about when they do get it right what yeah. are some examples of where they just nailed it um well if you go back in time um back 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 in time, back in time. <laughs> we should get in our time machine <laughs> go back in time. let's do it um you know, the, there's old police shows like Dragnet and you know Adam oh, Twelve and all these kind of things. And there's, yeah, you and I were talking about this earlier. There's a there's a cut in um, Dragnet, I think. Yes. And we'll have it after this. Uh, we'll, we'll play it for you guys. But it's uh it's timeless. It's very cool because it's a rookie-ish police officer um, questioning why he should stay as a cop. To, to two detectives that are very senior. Yeah. And uh, it's, I used the word timeless. I didn't come up with that one. I did. But it's uh, it's amazing because that, you could insert that into today and it would make sense. It's the same. So the message is the same. Technology, all those kind of things are different. Techniques are very similar. Um, and the message in that is, is awesome. So you want to listen to it? Yes. Okay. In other words, you're a college man. She'd like to have seen you land a job with a little more status attached. Is that it? I guess that's part of it. But not all of it. I think maybe I can understand how she feels. And maybe she's right, Culver. It's awkward having a policeman around the house. Friends drop in, a man with a badge answers the door. The temperature drops 20 degrees. You throw a party and a badge gets in the way. All of a sudden, there isn't a straight man in the crowd. Everybody's a comedian. Don't drink too much, somebody says, and the man with a badge will run you in. Or how's it going, Dick Tracy? How many jaywalkers did you pinch today? And then there's always the one who wants to know how many apples you stole. All at once, you lost your first name. You're a cop, a flatfoot, a bull, a dick, John Law. You're the fuzz, the heat, your poison, your trouble, your bad news. They call you everything. But never a policeman. Maybe she's right. It's not much of a life unless you don't mind missing a Dodger game because the hotshot phone rings. Unless you like working Saturdays, Sundays, holidays, at a job that doesn't pay overtime. Oh, the pay's adequate. If you count your pennies, you can put your kid through college. But you better plan on seeing Europe on your television set. 
Then there's your first night on the beat. When you try to arrest a drunken prostitute on a Main Street bar and she rips your new uniform to shreds, you'll buy another one out of your own pocket. And you're gonna rub elbows with all the elite. Pimps, addicts, thieves, bums, winos, girls who can't keep an address and men who don't care. Liars, cheats, con men, the class of Skid Row. And the heartbreak. Underfed kids, beaten kids, molested kids, lost kids, crying kids, homeless kids, hit and run kids, broken arm kids, broken leg kids, broken head kids, sick kids, dying kids, dead kids. The old people that nobody wants, the reliefers, the pensioners, the ones who walked the street cold and those who tried to keep warm and died in a three-hour room with an unvented gas heater. You'll walk your beat and try to pick up the pieces. Do you have real adventure in your soul, Culver? You better have, because you're going to do time in a prowl car. Oh, it's going to be a thrill a minute when you get an unknown trouble call and hit a backyard at two in the morning, never knowing who you'll meet. A kid with a knife, a pill head with a gun, or two ex-cons with nothing to lose. And you're going to have plenty of time to think. You'll draw duty in a lonely car with nobody to talk to but your radio. Four years in uniform, you'll have the ability, the experience, and maybe the desire to be a detective. If you like to fly by the seat of your pants, this is where you belong. For every crime that's committed, you've got three million suspects to choose from. Most of the time, you'll have few facts and a lot of hunches. You'll run down leads that dead end on you. You'll work all night stakeouts that could last a week. You'll do legwork until you're sure you've talked to everybody in the state of California. People who saw it happen, but really didn't. People who insist they did it, but really didn't. People who remember, those who try to forget. Those who tell the truth, those who lie. You'll run the files until your eyes ache. And paperwork? Oh, you fill out a report when you're right. You'll fill out a report when you're wrong. You'll fill one out when you're not sure. You'll fill one out listing your leads. You'll fill one out when you have no leads. You'll make out a report on the reports you've made. You'll write enough words in your lifetime to stock a library. You'll learn to live with doubt, anxiety, frustration. Court decisions that tend to hinder rather than help you. Dorado, Morris, Escobedo, Cahan. You'll learn to live with the district attorney, testifying in court, defense attorneys, prosecuting attorneys, judges, juries, witnesses. And sometimes you're not going to be happy with the outcome. Maybe your girlfriend's right, Culver. But there's also this. There are over 5,000 men in this city who know that being a policeman is an endless, glamorous, thankless job that's got to be done. I know it too. And I'm damn glad to be one of them. Powerful. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I remember the first time you actually had me listen to that. It was, uh, it kind of just, you know, hits you right in the heart because it's so, um, it embodies so much of what I think people at all levels and mm-hmm. not just rookie, it, people at all levels in a police department can feel at times when it's just been really tough or when there's, you know, there's this assumption out there about, who they are, not just just because they wear a uniform. Um, yeah. So that was that a great example from a TV show from the '60s, I think. Yeah. Of like questioning what still, you're doing. Right. That still mm. is so powerful today. Um, another great example of uh, police work that is portrayed, I think, um, was The Wire. Actually, with how the investigations happened and yeah. how long it took. I mean, that was, you know. It was exhausting, like yeah. watching that show and just being like, "Oh my God, they were so close!" And yep. then you know something happened, and that was it. And very realistic portrayal of how things can devolve so quickly, yep. depending on just one change. So check this out. I actually watched 
part of the first episode of The Wire, and that is it. But I can <laughs> tell you right now, and you can nod your head or say yes, I'm sure some of the plots around the things like the, I just imagine, the uh, district attorney not agreeing with the way the investigation is going is probably one of the problems, right? Sure. Or the fact that they don't want to prosecute. Um, investigative or they technique. Want more. They want more, more uh, evidence, right? Yeah. Investigative cool. technique questioning, right? Right. Um, butting heads with other investigators, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just playing. Like these are the things we want. Suspects disappearing. Right. Right. Oh man. Yeah. Am I on? Am I on the right? Thing? Oh my so, god. So yes, it's probably <laughs> that's probably uh, that's probably real, right? Oh, absolutely. And what I especially shows like that, and then shows like Bosch, which is on Amazon. Like you actually have people who embed with who are working mm. for the TV show or who are even the actors or whatever, the guys who write the script, I think they're called screenwriters, um, <laughs> they embed with the units that they're portraying. And so they really get a very realistic sense of mm. what it is that they're essentially going to end up writing about and showing. And so that takes a certain level of um, – it brings a new level of integrity, I yeah. think, to what is being portrayed. And then you really get to see just how much – Um, goes on in uh, law enforcement and how things are not necessarily always black and white, how they're not always so straightforward and how you get these answers right away because it is, it can be exhausting. And um, really being able to portray that, but also uh, not just kind of the long haul for efforts, is also the camaraderie that's portrayed. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, I think every TV show that has any kind of law enforcement element, you will see the camaraderie, the, you know, the familial feeling of it. And I love that because it's so true. Like yeah. I've never felt more at home. I literally try and use my apartment key to get in here all the time because I like, <laughs> I, I live here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, it's funny. I mean, there's current shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, as funny as that is and silly and stuff as that is, that level of camaraderie and, um, comfort with your partners and things is actually yeah. true right that that stuff and and they get the ranks right <laughs> which <laughs> yeah, is another Brooklyn myth Nine-Nine. so another one for me like personally something that's actually um affected my life that's a very very realistic police show was chips <laughs> just kidding it's not very realistic but that for me i totally met that guy i don't remember his name yeah. but he was at a conference that i was at and i was like <laughs> what i recognize you but that um that show for me was what got me into police work and when I, I was all excited when I got to be a motor and I just have to say not once have I seen a sale car <laughs> on the freeway oh, <laughs> I've been looking for years and oh, I, what, I've never was seen that one. it was that the show that did it for you yeah yeah okay so I've got a twofold for mine first oh, one boy. Harriet the spy which is not law enforcement but she was hmm. a spy and that was it and then I would um, think like Nancy Drew for you Nancy Drew you're I'm not even joking Five years old, my dad read me uh, the first one, something about a clock, and mm. I was hooked. And ever since then, I knew I wanted to either write or be like a detective or something. And, and look at you now. N- now I'm recording a podcast with you. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much just like Nancy <laughs> Drew. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's like all these things that have these elements. You, I think you can ask anybody in law enforcement, what is something that you've seen that is or read that's stuck with you? Yeah. And yeah. You will never forget them. Yep. Oh, another myth that I just uh, popped into my head. Um, police officers turn their lights and sirens or just lights on just to get through an intersection. So they don't have to wait. Right? That's true, right? No. <laughs> no. There's actually uh, laws against that. But if we're um, – you may see that sometimes. And I, I remember early on I was like, man, 
like we'll be going what's called code three lights and sirens yeah, to a call right. and I'll come up to an intersection. And then right as I'm getting to the intersection and people are getting out of the way, the call cancels. Yeah. And or they say reduce. Yeah. Or we're code four and you don't need to. And then I'm like, oh, no, I just cleared this intersection. Don't be judgy. <laughs> and everybody's going to think that I'm just trying to blow this red light to go get lunch or something. And, but, you know, you turn it off and you just kind of take your lumps. But the reality of it is... Um, you know, early on in your career, it's really exciting to to drive code three, but very quickly. And I think if there were other police officers in this room uh, and those maybe listening will begin to nod their head at this. It's very scary. Yes. Um, people are very unpredictable. And it's um, especially when I, I remember the first time I went code three on my motorcycle. Terrifying. I was I was all excited because I thought it would be really awesome. And about two seconds and you were like, nope, nope, no, nope, 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 nope. Terrifying. <laughs> yeah. So if anything, just pull to the right and slow down slowly. Yeah. And if you can stop, but don't just stop in the middle. Oh, please don't stop in the middle of the road. I yeah, see that all the time. The majority of the time we're we're not going after you. So just pull over. Yeah. We'll go right around you. If it's you, we'll pull behind you and you'll know. But otherwise just it's so anyway, rolling code three is very scary and it's a huge liability if you think about it. Absolutely. Um, now the lieutenant bars are coming out a little oh. bit. But, you know, if you think about it, it's a dangerous time. We're trying to get somewhere very quickly because it is a, an emergency. Yeah. Somebody needs help or an officer needs help or there's a medical issue that we need to get to very, very quickly. Um, and we just need people to sort of get out of the way. And we're not we don't indiscriminately drive around code three. Uh, just to get I've definitely tacos. seen that on a couple of TV shows. Yeah, it does not happen. We would get in a lot, well, we would get in a lot of trouble for that. <laughs> so, anyway. Well, there we go. I think those are some pretty uh, awesome myths and legends and inaccuracies <laughs> and other things that we've addressed, but also highlighting the good work that's actually out there and kind yeah. of pulling the curtain back a little bit on a what it is to be in law enforcement. Did we get it all? I'm, well. like, I'm looking at all my uh, we sure did. notes. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. If anybody has questions um, more, I know you did the poll. So, yeah. you know, if I'm sure we missed a million things and people are going to have questions about stuff. So We would do this all day, believe you me. Yeah. Like, we could do, do a part it. two to this we one, right? We could do a part three and four. Sure. Why not? Let's stop it. So if you have a question or you have a topic or you have a question about a topic, <laughs> yeah. Um, Give us a, sh a shout out somewhere on our social medias. Yeah, with hashtag Silicon Valley Beat. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Uh, we'd love to get oh, your yeah. feedback and know uh, what we, we're doing well, what we could do better, and definitely any other topics you'd like for us to cover. Yep. And so uh, here's the, the disclaimer part. <laughs> That's important. Um, if you're in an emergency and you need help, call 911. Dial 911. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Just call. Uh, if you need a question answered or... Um, Maybe something that's not an emergency, you can call our non-emergency number, which is... 650-903-6344. We've done this before. We have. We're <laughs> so pro. And if you're not sure and you're debating in your mind whether this is an emergency right now and I need help or... Structured debate is not wanna, great in an emergency, I don't want to bother anybody. Yeah, if you're doing that, just call 911. You live in the city of Mount View. We will help you. That's right. We'll sort it out later. Uh, it rings in the same place. And we'll um, maybe even we'll show up with a theme song. Who knows? Bam. You know, so call. <laughs> call us either one way or another. Just give us a call. And if you're curious about anything, poke your computer and you can reach us at any of our social media channels. That's right. We're available 24-7. And um, I think that's it. That is. Yeah. Way to go, man. Good job. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>